Welcome to this week's episode of the HC Hive, a podcast about all things HCI, UX, and grad school. We're now in Hershali, students in Georgia Tech's Human Computer Interaction Program. In this episode, we will be talking about the follow up. After talking about career fairs in our last episode and having our own HCI career fair a few weeks ago, we wanted to explore how to make those connections, following up, and making most of your career fair conversations. Today on the podcast, we have Monica, Kenneth, and Phoebe as our lovely guests. So let's start off with some introductions. My name is Monica. I'm a second year HCI student and a product designer. I'm an introvert and I struggled a lot with reaching out to people, networking and maintaining connections, but I've definitely gotten better and I'm excited to share my advice. Great. Thank you so much for being here. We're excited to hear about how you kind of broke out of your shell. So amazing to have you here. I think so much. Kenneth, how about you? Hi, everyone. I'm Kenneth. And I did my undergrad in electrical engineering, and my aim is to become a software or UX engineer. Uh, by the way, I'm also a second year in the MSHDI program, just as Monica. And during my time at Georgia Tech, I've been able to attend several in-person and virtual career fairs. So it, I'm very glad I have the opportunity to share what I know in this podcast. Great. That's, that's really cool to hear and kind of hear your background in, in engineering. Uh, that'll be fun to kind of dive into later on. Thanks so much for being here. And Phoebe, how about you? Why don't you finish us off with some introduction? Hi, yourself. everyone. I'm Phoebe. I'm a first year MSHDI student and also a UX researcher. Um, and I apologize in advance because my third is not cooperating with me today, but I'm very excited to be here. And I think one thing that has helped me sort of enjoy networking, although I'm an introvert, is just having, you know, a curiosity to learn about others. All right. Awesome. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Like Harshali mentioned, we're super excited to have you join the HC Hive today. Um, so as we discussed in the last episode, it's peak career fair season, which means a lot of HCI students are polishing and practicing their elevator pitches for recruiters and just different HR professionals. So elevator pitches can be pretty tricky to get right. So let's start off with discussing kind of like what makes a good elevator pitch. Kenneth, you mentioned that you've had your fair share of both in-person and virtual career fairs. So what do you think makes an elevator pitch compelling? So in our program, we talk about meeting user needs all the time. And similarly, in an elevator pitch, I believe that we should speak about what the recruiter wants to hear. So typically, this will include a short description of who you are, such as your major and career interests, and then followed by a few selected statements about what you can do. These statements uh, should be supported by details from your past projects or experiences, such as the the projects we did in school or uh, internship, things like that. Then finally, I think we can uh, conclude with what we can contribute to the company. And ideally, this should align with what the company is looking for if we've done research and know this in advance. So to sum up, uh, we can use the elevator pitch template, I am, I do, and I will to give a compelling elevator pitch. Wow, that's a, that's a great answer, Kenneth. I actually had a recruiter call earlier today, and I would have loved to have that template in mind. But, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't invent this. Uh, it, was, it, it was taught by someone else. Yeah, yeah, no worries. But thank you so much for sharing that. I think the cadence that 
or the sequence that you talked about in terms of sharing a bit about yourself, kind of your background, but also the work you've done and then tying it back to like how you can contribute the company, I think is really great advice. So then they have something that kind of they relate to because obviously they work at the company that you're talking about. But yeah, so Phoebe, what are your thoughts? Like, what do you think makes a great elevator pitch from your experience? I feel like Kenneth has like captured the entire essence of it. Um, That was a very good template. Um, Just to extend off of it, I think what's important is having knowing the time constraint that you want so like having maybe different versions of like a 30 second one or like a five minute pitch depending on you know who you're talking to how much time you have and as kind of mentioned just having that clear and concise snapshot of who you are so having a brief overview of what your background and expertise is and then what problem you're trying to solve what you're passionate about and having those topics tie in with a company's goals their mission their values I think that will probably be a good start yeah yeah that's great yeah you definitely touched on a lot of good points there so thanks for expanding on Kenneth's answer Monica what are your thoughts based on your experience like have you done elevator pitches or what type of steps do you take I think being genuine is the most important thing. When I first worked on my elevator pitch, it was so boring. I just read a bunch of articles and found things that sounded cool and basically built a fake persona of myself and that like really didn't work. I think I did that because I wasn't super confident about myself, but I sat down and really thought about what like made me me and added personal stories about me and I could tell that it was a lot more natural. I felt more comfortable and people were actually paying attention. Um, if if you don't believe in what you're saying, the other person can tell. And it's fine if you're nervous and a little bit awkward, but people can usually tell if, if whatever you're saying is too staged and not you. So I think being genuine really separates you from other people because as cliche as it sounds, there's only one of you and you want to leverage that as much as possible. Yeah, absolutely. I I love kind of like the spread of answers that we have here, Um, something like a template, which honestly, I I don't have an elevator pitch myself. And so I feel like that template is like such a good tip for me. But yeah, I think like being genuine, but also speaking to the organization's vision and like what they're trying to achieve. I think those are all really important pieces. And I think Phoebe, you mentioned this, just be mindful of the time, right? Like, you have such a small window for that elevator pitch. So I feel like these are such important pillars that we can kind of draw on for ourselves. So thank you for contributing all of those answers, you guys. But so, you know, like with, with an elevator pitch, it's kind of our chance to connect with the recruiter and, and kind of establish a relationship. But, you know, kind of after the career fair, it's common for students to follow up and kind of continue that relationship online through email or through LinkedIn or whatever. And since we kind of had our own career fair just a few weeks ago called Interactivity, many MSHCI students are, are in that phase right now of, of following up and, and establishing those connections and deepening them. So Phoebe, uh, maybe you can start us off with an answer thinking to this interactivity or just past experiences that you've had. Um, How do you kind of continue that relationship and how do you reach out to recruiters kind of after that initial conversation? Yeah, so for me, I tend to have that in mind even while meeting them, just keeping in mind how would I like to follow up with this connection? um, What types of relationship this can form? Um, Could this be, you know, a new mentor for me? So I keep that in mind. And during the conversation, I would ask them if they're, you know, open to me adding them on LinkedIn, or um, if I have their email, I'll probably follow up 
soon after. So typically to LinkedIn or email, I will follow up with like a short note of thanks for you know, their time, their insights, and a brief snapshot or a brief like summary of what I talked to them about. I would say just stay away from something that's very lengthy because most people already have enough on their plate and there's something short to remind them of who you are what you talked about and then you know showing like expressing gratitude for their time and support just a short note that they can easily reply with you're welcome etc nothing that requires too much commitment i would say so that's how i typically reach out to a recruiter after an initial connection i tend to start off light. I don't, you know, start off with a huge request for something. I think it's just the part of establishing a new relationship, establishing, just putting your foot in the door. So that's how I typically do it. Yeah, that's great. I I like that you compare that to kind of any other relationship where you kind of like ease into it and it's not just demand immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really important. And I also really liked the fact that you said it doesn't necessarily have to just be like a job or like a very specific demand. You're just really open to connecting with them, even as like a mentor or just like somebody that you know in industry. And I think that's like really important just to like have that connection that isn't necessarily driven by like a need or something. So that's really great to hear. Thanks so much, Phoebe. Kenneth, how about you? What are some ways that you follow up or what's kind of important to keep in mind to you know continue that relationship and that connection? Yeah, I think for me, it's pretty much the same as what Phoebe said. So I, I took Phoebe's stuff for the last question. This time Phoebe took mine. But <laughs> but yeah, basically I would reach out to them either through LinkedIn or email if I have it and usually just send a thank you note to them. And I think I can add that to what Phoebe said. In this thank you note, if we can somehow compliment, um, like say that, okay, it was really great speaking to you. You Thank you for explaining um, to me the company so well, something like that. I think it'll it'll help establish that uh, initial relationship. Just being nice in general, I think. There's many ways to be nice, I guess. But that's what I would do. Nice. Okay. So just, you know, be, being proper, polite, and being nice. For sure. <laughs> uh, Monica? CBN can pretty much covered everything, but yeah, I also usually just email them the day after and send them a connection invite on LinkedIn with a personalized note. I always try to include something personal and unique in my message. So I would be like, hey, I met you at this event. I just wanted to reach out and think, uh, say thank you for giving me this specific advice. Last year, I went to this event and connected with this recruiter. And I remembered he shared a very personal story during a talk. And he mentioned his MBTI. And I remembered it because I had the same MBTI. And I was like, Hey, I met you at the event yesterday and thanks for sharing the story. It really resonated with me. I'm also um, INFJ, haha. And I basically asked him to write me a referral um, later. And yeah, and then the next day he got me a referral and made it through. I made it through the interview process and I ended up interning there. So I think just small, like personal things like that really make a big difference. Yeah, that's great, Monica. Um, I'm I'm so happy that it like ended up turning into like a work opportunity for you mm-hmm. through that initial connection. Um, but yeah, I think all three of you touched on like some really great points, like Phoebe, how you mentioned just wanting to make that connection, whether it was for a mentorship opportunity or a job opportunity, or you're just curious about their role. 
Um, and then Kenneth, what you said about like just being polite and genuine, I think really goes a long way. Like I think a lot of people respond well to just like a thank you or when when we express like gratitude, even just like meeting them and making sure that our messages are like somewhat targeted or specific to the conversation we had. I remember like when I was like my first career fair, like during undergrad, we had LinkedIn accounts, but because of like in and career fairs we were just like collecting business cards almost and I remember like part of our assignment was to like follow up with like five recruiters or something and I just remember having like really generic thank yous and didn't get any responses and like feeling bad about myself afterwards so like making them specific genuine definitely agree with all of those that's really great advice um, but speaking of like emails and messages, so recruiters are typically swamped with emails and messages after career fairs. So it's pretty important to stand out from the crowd, like among all of these different students um, and other young professionals. But I guess we're curious about like how you guys might make an impression when you're following up with a recruiter. So Monica, do you have like, you kind of talked about a little bit with your like Myers-Briggs example, but is there a specific way that you kind of go around to make sure you're creating like a really great impression when you're following up with someone? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. This goes back to what I was just saying about adding personalized notes. I actually, um, a couple months ago, I was on a call with a recruiter, just an informal call learning about potential opportunities and they didn't have anything open at the moment, but the recruiter was really nice enough to tell me what, like how to improve my portfolio and gave me general career advice. And I wrote them down. I have a Google doc for every company I've ever interviewed with and I take notes and I recently just saw an opening at that company and I reached out to her and said, Hey, I made these improvements based on what you said. And I saw this opening. Can you help me? And she got back to me and she said she was more than happy to help. So hopefully I'll get something soon. Yeah. So personalized notes. That's my advice. Yeah. That's a, that's a great start for sure. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed for you, Monica. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're convinced that it will go well, but Phoebe, do you have anything else you want to add? You touched on this earlier as well, but any specific um, like strategies or tactics you kind of put in place? Yeah, so for me, again, time, I think it's an important factor to think about. Like I, you wouldn't want to sit too long on sending sending out that follow-up email or connection. Um, I would, I, I typically try to, you know, limit it to an hour or within the next two hours. Um, I think within the next 24 hours would be good because you're still fresh in their mind before you know they get busy with other stuff and then they get swamped with other emails and also I think Monica touched on a really good point about adding personalized details I think that shows that you know you were actively engaged in the conversation and that what they talked about what you guys talked about was important enough for you to recall these details and then putting that in the following the follow-up note shows you know what kind of a person you are that your time their time spent with you was well worth it yeah yeah that's a great point um I think it's great that you're like emphasizing time within like making these connections whether it's the length of time that you use just to speak with someone like delivering your elevator pitch or even the time on how much you wait or like the deadline you kind of give yourself um, to make sure you send them a note. Um, so I think that's really important to keep in mind. I'm sure because things get lost in people's emails and people's 
like LinkedIn inboxes and everything like that. Time is really key there. What about you, Kenneth? Anything else besides like personalized messages or kind of like keeping time on top of mind for you? Yeah, um, I would do a few things. I don't know how well it works because I never asked a recruiter, but I would probably reiterate my uh, qualifications and just throughout the throughout the note, just show our enthusiasm for the uh, for the position. So hopefully, like going back to my first answer about meeting users' needs, basically the recruiter's job is to find good candidates, right? So hopefully, if you if you speak to their needs, um, like showing the qualifications they're looking for, and show your enthusiasm, hopefully they'll be able to move you forward faster. Yeah, I mean, I think all of these are really like important things to keep in mind, especially because I feel like job hunting and, and recruiting, all of that is such a like numbers game, you know? So there's like so many little things that we have to do. And as Phoebe mentioned, a very small window of time and, and just an email where you have to like compress a lot of things and uh, kind of make, a, make an impression. And so all of these things are like really important to th- to keep in mind. So thank you for sharing those tips on how to kind of make an impression. But, you know, kind of adding to that and kind of getting a little more personal with you guys, many people kind of have their own strategies for networking as a whole and, and maintaining connections, not just after a career fair, but as you sort of go out into the world and meet people, everybody has strategies for maintaining those connections. So, you know, like what are, what are some things you guys do to maintain your network and, and keep growing that way? Uh, maybe Kenneth, you can start us off. Um, so how I maintain my network, I, I do it by sending out messages to my connections on special occasions, such as holidays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, etc. So for example, um, last Thanksgiving, I sent a message to those I worked with. It's a thank you note to, to those that I work with during my last internship. And I thank them for their support during that time. And yeah, that's one way I do it. The other way is, for example, if I know a, a recruiter previously in a company and I needed to know some more information from that company, I would probably reach out, ask them how they're doing, and then ask some questions like, for example, when when will the next round recruiting start, things like that. And most of the time, they're very willing to answer. Nice. Yeah, I feel like holidays and, and just kind of other occasions give you like another chance to connect with people. So yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And then also just like, you know, returning and going back to like a follow up. And I, I love both of those things. So thank you for that. Monica, how about you? What, what are some things you do to kind of maintain your network? Um, so I actually reach out to a lot of random people. Well, not not random, but I would go on co-folios and best folios and find people who I want to chat with and learn from and I just email them and seven out of 10 times they would respond and you'd be surprised how many people are actually willing to help you. And I chat with them for 30 minutes and I send them a thank you note, add them on LinkedIn and I would reach out to them if I think they could help me with something after the initial conversation. But I don't contact them I don't usually contact them without a clear goal. Um, I would interact with their posts and um, that's about it. And I try to do this every week and meet as many people as possible. And I've actually been really enjoying this a lot, especially during this pandemic. Nice. Yeah. I, I respect a lot of respect for, you know, just like cold calling and, and kind of messaging random people that, <laughs> that takes a lot of courage. So good on you for having that bravery. Um, yeah, that's, that's great. Uh, Phoebe, how about you? What are what are some things you do to maintain those connections? This is something that 
I need to work on. I think Monica and Kenneth has, have been giving pretty good points. I personally don't know how to do that. As in, like, I, I'm not sure how to, like, reach out without a clear goal. And I feel like, you know, they're probably busy. I feel, I feel that I'm bothering them. But lately, I realized that I, I do enjoy wishing people I, I know I'm connected with, um, wishing them on holidays or specific festivals. I think just being isolated has made me more aware of that disconnect I feel from other people and my way of wishing them on holidays or just checking in on them and asking how they're doing are ways I feel connected. So inadvertently, that has helped me sort of follow up with these connections and maintaining some sort of relationship with them. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely think the pandemic has changed a lot of social dynamics. So like connecting with people like this can, you know, of course, maintain your network, but in times like these, I think it helps you maintain your sanity as well. So yeah, I I definitely hear that. But now I'm going to actually ask you this question as well, because you're like a career fair professional you know like what are some things you do uh first off i'm so flattered that you think i'm a career fair professional i think i just like happen to frequent them and like end up at those places but anyways um yeah i think like across the board kenneth monica and phoebe like i think i kind of follow similar um strategies as these three but i think kenneth's like idea the holidays I think is like a great way to send a message because you can just wish someone with kind of that feeling of like you want something from them it's just like a genuine wish of like hoping that they're doing well and things like that but so like Phoebe I also like struggle sometimes with like maintaining my network in the sense of like I used to really shy away from posting about what I was doing, telling people what I was doing, because part of me was like, I don't want to feel, I don't want people to feel like I'm boasting or bragging that I'm working on this project or like working at this company. And I was trying to be really cautious of like what I was posting and things like that. So I really just stick stuck with like interacting with people's posts or commenting. But then now, like Phoebe had mentioned, since we are like pretty isolated and things I've tried to push myself to like if I'm scrolling through LinkedIn for example and I see that I have like friends from undergrad got promoted at their job or are doing these cool projects like I've tried to either comment on their posts or even reach out to them if I have their number to just let them know that like it's a great opportunity or I'm really proud of them or just things like that but I think in terms of like just maintaining your network overall I think depending on the relationship I have with other people like if like I know I have like mentors that I can go to for anything so talking to them is like always over the phone or like doing a like a video call or something or even like before when we were seeing more people it was like grabbing coffee with them but then for people that I don't know I kind of like cold call or like unsolicited like unsolicited messages on LinkedIn or whatever because I'm curious about their work or just what they're doing I think I've also come to terms with like people don't respond and that's okay. Um, or people are slower responding. That's okay. Because like, we're all kind of busy and we're all doing different things. But, but yeah, I think it's just like, in terms of maintaining it, I guess with this question, it's just kind of knowing like what level of connection you have. And then from there trying to figure out like, does this mean that it's a phone call? Does this mean that it's like just commenting on their post? Does it mean a text message or things like that? I love that. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, but yeah, Hershelly, I'll throw it back to you. Like, what? How do you maintain your network as an influencer on LinkedIn? I, you know, 
<laughs> okay, so after my one post on LinkedIn, I am officially an influencer. That's right. Um, but I think for me, uh, I think going back to maybe Monica, how you introduced yourself, um, I'm also an introvert, and I actually think networking is something that I'm very bad at. So it really doesn't come naturally to me. But I think one thing that I've just kind of realized is that I'm I'm good at connecting with people when I have like a specific reason why I'm connecting with them, right? So like a lot of my network just comes from people that I've worked with in the past, like people that I've had as, as stakeholders or as like team members. Um, and that's kind of like where my network really comes from. And so I think I've just kind of realized that like when I'm working on a project or when I'm working on a specific thing, I need to expand my network at that point, be like, hey, I think you'd be interested in these results or this is something that would be of interest to your team. Um, making those connections then and then just the process of working on something with another person deepens that connection for me and then that's something I'm very comfortable following up on I don't really have the courage to just like cold call people and, and email them and be like hey you're you're cool I just want to connect with you um, I'm like really bad at that but like having some like very tangible intention behind a relationship I think makes it easier for me to you know, follow up on and then that at that point you know it can be a pre, like a former stakeholder but I'll like reach out to them just for like personal things or be like, how is it going? Um, I feel more comfortable doing that. So I think for me, it's, it's really about like having your reason to connect with people and then using that as a way to deepen a connection. So that's kind of how I do it, which probably isn't the best way to do it, but whatever. No, I think it's a great way. I have a like a tip for people who are afraid of cold calling or cold emailing, if that's something you want to start doing try to think about it in a grand scheme of things. Would it matter in five years, in 10 years, in 100 years? You know, the worst case scenario is that they ignore you. If you're reaching out in a way that's polite, I don't think there's anything you should be afraid of. That's just something I try to help myself overcome that, you know, fear of just reaching out. And for the most part, people have been very receptive and open to helping. That's actually great to hear. Honestly, I feel like I needed to hear that. Thank you, Phoebe. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, I actually have another um, tip on, that I use for this. So to think about what others will feel, I think about when other people cold message me about some things, like what do I feel? And then I transfer that thought to what when I'm writing these mail, I'm just thinking about what I was feeling is basically more more... Um, more or less what other people would be feeling then I was like okay when I got this mail I I, I feel I feel okay and I feel I actually feel great that people came to me so this is probably what others are going to feel so I feel more right after that mm, mm, that's a good one yeah no that's exactly why I don't really feel like I'm bothering a lot of people because I don't really get bothered by getting those mes messages and I like would go out of my way to like help them. Yeah, I think also, like, whether we want to admit it or not, I think we all have like a slight ego in the sense that it's nice when someone reaches out to you, right? When you're like, Oh, I'm interested in what you're doing. I like want to hear more about it. I want to connect with you. So if we like what Monica, Kenneth and Phoebe said, like, if we enjoy getting those messages, then the people that we reach out to um, would enjoy it as well. Um, and they might not get to it like right away, but eventually they will. 
But yeah, thanks for thanks so much for sharing all of your advice. I know I'll take that advice for sure. But now as we're kind of like winding down on this episode and we're able to hear about your all's great experiences, it is time for perhaps one of our favorite questions, which is our hot take question. So what do you think is like the cringiest thing someone can do as part of like social networking or making connections? So Phoebe, would you like to share a hot take you have on this? No, I just have like two. One is like more professional. One is like less professional. (laughs) So, okay, I'll go with the first one. It's making the receiver feel uncomfortable or pressured. So, you know, if you're asking for a huge favor despite the lack of her relationship um, or a connection. And this is a great area, of course. You know, sometimes you just got to go for it. But I think it's important to allow them the space to be in control and not to feel obligated. Um, so, you know, including things, including phrases like, I understand this is a huge ask. Please don't worry about it if you're un- unable to do so. Um, especially if, like, you know, you don't really know someone or you're asking for, like, a job referral and things like that. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like most people have a lot on their plates and then adding this pandemic on top of it, we don't know what others are going through. So being mindful about what we're asking of others and then also verbally expressing gratitude and being explicit about what things you're grateful for, like their time, their help might be effective ways um, and not like pushing them too much to the point where people feel uncomfortable. I think it's fine to have like one, two follow-ups, but if someone isn't responding after that or not showing interest, don't keep pushing it, I would say. And another one that you might not want to keep in the, in the final cut is, I don't know if other people have faced this problem, but it's just like keeping it professional. Um, some people like sliding to DMs and like their intentions and goals are just ambiguous to the point where it's like flirty or um just like strange like suspicious <laughs> i would say make sure you're reaching out in a way that's professional that's polite that's neutral and warm and not to the point where it makes people feel com- uncomfortable so those are my two um takes those are great phoebe both of them um I think we will keep your second one because it's a great take. Um, But yeah, like people should definitely leave those type of like comments or like, I guess, things that aren't as professional for other apps. Like there are apps for that, not LinkedIn, not professional apps. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, But yeah, that was it. Those were both great comments there. Um, Monica, I know you had one. Um, You had started talking. So do you want to go ahead and share yours? Um, Yeah, I've. I've honestly done so many cringy things myself, so I can't really judge people. I'm like so used to stalking people on LinkedIn, cold emailing them and being a little annoying. So I don't think a lot of things are cringy, but I think like begging for a job or like not being professional, like Phoebe mentioned, or just like sending them copy and paste messages. um, That's pretty cringy. I actually, so this is probably one of the worst things you can do. I met this recruiter and her name was Jessica. And then my follow-up email, I called her Sarah because in my mind, I kept thinking, oh my gosh, she looks like a Sarah. And I I never heard back from her. So don't ever do that. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, we've all done it. it. It's fine. I've done it maybe honestly more than once, which is just absolutely terrible. But, but yeah, that's a, that's a good take as well, Monica. I think it's hard, though, to keep track 
of people, like when you're kind of in the zone of like responding to all these different emails or like sending messages out to people, especially if they kind of do the same work or you kind of copy and paste part of your like message. I know not necessarily the person's name, but I've accidentally put the wrong company name before <laughs> and it was a competitor. So we learn we learn our lesson, I think, when we make mistakes like that and they hopefully don't happen again. But yeah, Kenneth, what about you? Like what is kind of like something that you think people shouldn't do as part of networking? Yeah, I, I, I think professionally, I don't have a good answer, but non-professionally, I think asking a recruiter out after you just met the person would probably be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great one. Probably not the best thing. Um, yeah. It's, there's like a weird line of not a weird line. Yeah. That's just flat out. Not okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah the question was too hard yeah. so. no but i mean that that is cringy and it is something that people probably people shouldn't do um so yeah great answer like thanks for sharing that Kendall. yeah and i guess like on the on the flip side it's also weird if a recruiter asks you out after a call you know like it goes both ways it's just weird but yeah hershali what about you like what what's a spicy take you have on networking a spicy take on networking, huh? I okay. This this is like ten, kind of related. It is related, but I I don't really buy into elevator pitches as a concept. Like I don't think we need elevator pitches. Yeah, that's just my hot take. I feel like they're just like weird and rehearsed. I'm like, unless you really know how to do a pitch, like you maybe shouldn't. You know, <laughs> um, because it can sound very so you, like rehearsed and very. So you think it's about how you're selling that pitch like you feel like it can be effective or it can just be very forced yeah like i think like if you don't have like a solid pitch or not even the content of the pitch but like how you present it like as you said how you sell it like if you can't pull that off then i think it just like it really falls flat yeah um and it just like feels weird and like disingenuous and i feel like in, in all these interactions like i think like being genuine and being real is I think more effective and more memorable. And so I just, yeah, unless you really know how to do an elevator pitch, I don't know if you should do one, but that's my hot take. I don't know. I think, I think it like, I think that makes sense. And like, it is true. Like I remember at least like when I was taking business classes, like freshman year, we all had to practice our elevator pitch in our career success strategies class. And it was just crazy. Cause there were like a lot of people that like, I was more introverted before too. And there are people that like, they had a script down, like they had a joke in there. It was like watching like really solid, like 30 second stand up, but like had a, had like an action item or like something about that. But I think, yeah, I think you're right, Hershelly. Like, I think there is a level of like, you have to be genuine and you can't just appear because then it's a sales pitch. And I think people respond better to like when you're, like we were talking about kind of like throughout our whole conversation to just like being genuine and like being real and authentic and things like that. But yeah, I guess I'll go ahead and share something I think is kind of cringy. It kind of is similar to like, I guess what I find is at least lately when I'm scrolling through like LinkedIn and stuff, I think it's really cringy when like people just comment like in someone's post where they're like, oh, I'm looking for someone, like I'm looking for someone to fill this position. And then people just like comment like with just their portfolio link, like there's no message there's no like, hi, like I'm interested. Like, here's my work. If like you have time to look it over, like it's just the link. 
which I feel is weird. I know that's not really a hot take, but I just find that a bit strange. And I guess the other thing that's kind of cringy is just anytime it's not unprofessional, but like when people message you and they have like a job opening or always like those same phrase of like, hey, we're looking for a rock star to join our company that's disrupting like this industry like we think you'll be a great fit like let's catch up we'll circle back like just like all these buzzwords and just like really canned phrases that again goes back to like it's just cringy when people aren't authentic and they just kind of like copy and paste stuff so i think that's my take but now i really think we're a rock star (laughs) i think we're all rock stars i think the no but the person on this on this episode today with the most rock star potential is kenneth why why is that (laughs) I just think I just think you're a rock star. I mean, based on your answer alone for this question, I think is like a rock star answer. No, it's not a rock star answer. It's a off-topic answer. <laughs> Wait, Kenneth. Question, follow-up question for you: Is that based on like personal no. experience? I was just trying to think, cook up something funny. It's good. It's all advice. But actually, I wanted to ask Phoebe. Hers sounds like more like personal experience, the less professional one. She mentioned uh, flirty, right? <laughs> we don't need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's an after dark episode. All right. Well, let's let's wrap up this amazing episode. I feel like it started out kind of kind of quiet, but then we really ramped up with these hot takes. I, I really enjoyed this hot take session with you guys. So thank you so much for being here on this episode of the HC High. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And to all of our listeners out there, tune in next time for an episode about resumes and portfolios in HCI. Because if you know, you know. And if you don't, yikes. This week, we're featuring music by Captivated, or Edward Sun, an indie hip-hop artist from Atlanta. This track is called That's God. If you like what you hear, make sure to check him out on YouTube and Bandcamp. Find the details in the episode description. Well, here it is. That's God. 2018 was 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 pretty rough but it's all good because in 2019 uh, things gonna be different had to fight me uh, self was the villain yeah had to lose life so that i'd find it uh, only through strife i know what life is 2019 uh, things gonna be different had to fight me i forgot why i'm living yeah i forgot but now i remember uh, yeah the thing that made me captivated that's god that's God, that's God, that's God Ain't no question, that's God, that's God That's God, that's God, that's God Ain't no question, that's God I used to hate people who were fake as could be huh. Then I realized nobody's faker than me hm. Busy trying to fight the evil in society But I never took the time to fight the evil that's inside of me Ooh. Focused on my goals, I forgot about my soul Oops, had to take it slow, but I try to keep on going Oh yeah, that'll kill you, or kill the ones you love God'll take away the very thing you won't give up True? Where you think I was, what? I ain't silent just because Had to face my demons, I ain't even done, I ain't done no. I got all these things that been keeping me down I gotta believe if I'm gonna make it out Man, I don't really understand it, I just know he's planned it Gotta trust his plan instead of trusting in his planet Man, it's been a lot to balance Still I'm barely standing, but on my way to land So in 2019, things gonna be different Had to fight me Self was the villain, yeah Had to lose life so that I'd find it Only through strife, I know what life is 2019, things gonna be different Had to fight me, I forgot why I'm living, yeah I forgot, but now I remember Yeah, the 
thing that made me captivated That's God, that's God, that's God, that's God Ain't no question, that's God, that's God That's God, that's God, that's God Ain't no question, that's God It's a new year, I'm going through it, but who isn't? I'm just trying to learn to see what God is doing and ruin The same man who taught me to respect women Cheated on his wife and she left no respect in a man All talk, all talk, homie, you were all talk Thought you brought me here, but truth is that was all God So shocked at what you fell into Then I saw as long as I'm faking, everybody else will too Yeah, I see it now, you won't be around But God will keep his child, God will keep his child Yeah, I put my trust in my plans, that's where I went wrong Started listening to self, that's where I got lost I told myself I'd drop a song about a year ago He had different plans, I ain't get the MEMO Yeah, the Lord was revealing, my soul needed healing And no, I ain't listen, but listen In 2019, it's gonna be different Had to fight me, self was the villain Had to lose life so that I'd find it through strife, I know what life is 2019, it's gonna be different Had to fight me, I forgot, but now I remember You're the thing that made me captivated That's God That's God, that's God, that's God Ain't no question, that's 